Thanks, Rob. Good morning again, Brookside. Good to see all of you. How's everybody doing? All right. Yeah. How'd you like that snow? Yeah, some woohoo, some huh. No, I don't like that, right? Well, hey, I, I too just want to say uh, a special welcome to any guests that are here with us today. Uh, we always want to say that because we're just glad you came. And uh, thanks for joining us today. And, and it really is our prayer that God would just touch your life in a special way. So, uh, so thanks, thanks for being here. I uh, want to say a couple things about Walk Through Bethlehem. You know that's been happening this week. And just want to say thank you for praying for that. Thank you for extending invitations. Um, so far, over 2,200 people have, have come through the doors and, and have gone through that event. And um, also just want to say thank you to all the volunteers. This takes so many volunteers and quite a lot of time um, to pull off. And so thank you. Uh, thank you so much for, for being a part of that, whether it was through serving or through praying or, or whatever it was. Also want to mention on that, uh, if you bought tickets for yesterday and you weren't able to come because of the weather, want you to know we'll, we'll honor those tickets tonight and uh, we'll do our best to get you in as soon as we can. And so just feel free uh, to, to come uh, tonight. You might be thinking too, you might have come to the event and you might be thinking, you know, I, I wish I would have gotten involved. Um, I want you to know there's one more opportunity to get involved with Walk Through Bethlehem. It takes about two weeks to set up Walk Through Bethlehem and it takes about eight hours is all to tear it down. And uh, so if you have time on Monday, um, that's when it'll all go down and we'll get this place um, back to, to its normal state. Um, from 11 to 5, we'll just be packing stuff up, putting in stuff in boxes. And then from 6.30 to 8.30 is when uh, stuff will be getting moved into storage. And so if either of those two blocks or even a part of those blocks work for you, um, that'd be great. Hey, last week we, uh, we began a new series um, on the family. And specifically, we're talking in this series about matters of the, the heart in the context of, of family relationships. And we said right away in this series that uh, it really applies to everybody. This series applies to you, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're a child, a teenager, because matters of the heart are, are things that are really relevant to all of us. They're really, they're issues that are at the core of, of really who we are. They're like, they're root issues. They're the things that are below the surface. They're, they're underground, but here's what they do. They, they're so important. They're so huge because they drive who we are. They drive what we say. They drive what we do. The matters of the heart, we said, they're really hard to address sometimes, but when they're addressed, you see dramatic life change. Uh, for instance, you may have, have, have a family member and they've just done a, you know, they've just really changed in a 180 and, and you look at their life and you go, wow, something's different about them. Uh, chances are a matter of the heart has, has changed for them. When it comes to the family, the issues that we're talking about, we know this to be true. They really come to life, don't they? Last week we talked about forgiveness. Um, we said that receiving forgiveness, like when we understand the grace and the magnitude of the love of God, when we receive forgiveness, it leads to something. It leads to us being the kind of people that we extend it, that we extend forgiveness. And I just want to say to you, before we jump into today's topic, I was so proud to be a Brooksider this week because I can't tell you how many people humbly submitted to the teaching of God's word. You were impacted by the word of God. And as a result, you, you went from this place and you had conversations and you did things and relationships were healed, all sorts of stuff. And I just, I just want you to know, just wholeheartedly, I commend you for your obedience to the word of God. Um, I tell you what, it's a privilege to be in a place where God is on the move, where God is active. Um, so I, I praise God for that, for what he's doing in our midst. Today, before we jump in, um, let's do this. Let's invite the Lord to come and to do re really only he can do. 
And so let's invite him yet again to come in power this morning and to speak into our lives. So would you pray with me and, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and get started. Lord, I thank you today again that we can gather. And um, Lord, it's a privilege to be in this place. And Lord, I thank you for your word. And Lord, we just want to pray this morning that you would do something unique in each one of us. Um, Lord, we pray that we would leave here changed. We pray that you would speak to us. We pray that you would, in a sense, read our mail today. And that you would speak the word into our life that we so desperately need to hear. And Lord, we, we just want to offer ourselves to you now. And so maybe, even, maybe you're not even a Christ follower. Maybe this is your first conversation with the Lord. Maybe you've been a Christ follower for years. Would you say something to the Lord like this? God, I open myself to you. Jesus, would you speak to me in these next moments? Just say something like that to the Lord. Open yourself to him and, and do that in expectation. Go ahead and do that now. Lord, our passion this morning is that we would know you more and that ultimately we'd be able to make you known. And so, Lord, we say with um, expectation, we love you and we're excited even to think about what you'll do in us in these next moments. So we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, we stated last week that um, family relationships, um, in a lot of ways, it's easy in those relationships to think about how other people in our lives have impacted us, right? It's easy for us to be able to go, yeah, so-and-so in my family, they did that, and, and they brought a blessing, and oh, they, they've kind of brought a lot of pain to the relationship. But last week, we asked a much more personal question. We said, okay, what kind of contribution have I had on the family? Particularly when it comes to issues of the heart, what have I, con- what have I contributed Jesus, he had a lot to say about issues of the heart. Um, in one particular text in Matthew chapter 23, he's, he's speaking, you might remember this, he's speaking to a group of, of Pharisees, and, and it's like he gives them this very visual illustration. He probably had a cup in his hand. He said, hey, you Pharisees, he said, Here, here's, the, here's the deal. He said, you clean the outside of the cup, but the important part, the inside of the cup, he said, you got to do that first. He said, I, I want you to clean the inside of the cup. And if you, if you take the time to really do the matters inside the cup, the outside of the cup is actually going to be clean. Here's what he was saying. He's saying matters of the heart, the inside, the core, the things that are at the roots. He's saying those are the things that really, really matter. Today, the issue of the heart that we're going to be talking about is, is this whole thing of trust. Now, the opposite of trust oftentimes is anxiety or it's worry or it's a desire to control. Let me ask you a question. What do you worry about? What would you say this morning makes you anxious? What are the things that kind of you get stressed out about? Maybe you lose sleep over. What causes you to worry? I asked a group of people this question, that question this week, and these are some of their responses. As it, as it relates to finances and jobs, here's some of the things. We worry about this. Will we have enough? Are we going to make it financially? Will we be able to do one day what we hoped we would be able to do? Will I find employment? Will I get the promotion? Should I pursue something else? That's a worry, isn't it? Maybe you're in school. Here's some questions for that. Will I be accepted? You worry about that. It's legitimate. Am I smart enough to do this or is this completely over my head? In the area of relationships, will this marriage last? Will this relationship last? Here's one. Will my spouse remain faithful no matter what? 
Will I ever have that relationship again with my in-laws? Will, what will it be like? Will we ever restore the brokenness in the extended family? Will my kids turn out okay? Will my kids grow up to know the Lord? Will they leave a spiritual legacy? Does God have a spouse for me? That, we worry about these things, right? Some of you would say that you're actually plagued by worry. Me even asking those questions this morning, you're like, you're not helping any, bro, you know? Thanks for ruining my day, right? For some of you, you'd say it's consuming. For others, you would say it's maybe not consuming, but there are certain hot topics. There, there are things that come to your mind where you go, yeah, that causes me, that causes me stress. I worry, I worry about that. I could name for you the things that from time to time I personally worry about. This week, I was worried about this message on how not to worry, right? I worry about my kids. Let me give you an example. Our oldest son, um, he's in kindergarten, and, and at his school, they had this whole week-long deal where it was like a theme week. And so each day, the kids could dress up as something different and all this stuff. Well, one particular day, it was like wear a red hat or paint your hair red day. And we didn't have a good red hat. And I know we live in Nebraska and that's a sin, but we didn't have a good, good red hat. And so I thought, well, let's, let's just do the hair. Let's paint the hair. That'll be fun. And so we, that morning, we painted his hair. And he has really short hair, so we really painted his scalp and his forehead, the whole thing. I mean, he was husker bright red. And so we got him ready and we're walking. I'm walking him to school that morning. And, and I remember we're walking down the street and I'm seeing the other kids that are walking to school. I'm not seeing any red hats or red hair. And then I start to watch the bus and the bus unloads, two bus loads of kids. I see no red hair. I see no red hats. And then I see the cars, you know, dropping off the kids still. No red hair, no red hats. Now I'm beginning to sweat, you know, and, and I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to make it a bigger issue. I mean, Aiden was looking great, but I'm stressed out, right? Now it, it turned out completely fine, but, but I worried. I worried all day long. I called Christine and said, hey, how did school go as soon as he got home, you know? How did it go? One, one person put, put it like this. When you have a kid, it's like your heart is out walking around. Can you relate to that? You feel what they feel. Honestly, it's not surprising that we worry. I mean, when things are important to us, when we care about things, that causes a certain level of anxiety, of, of worry. We want to grab the reins. We want to be in control. Anybody like control? No nudging, all right? But the reality is this, our anxiety, while we can think anxiety, we can think worry, we can think that's, that's really bad. Here, here's the deal. Here's what we're going to find this morning. It can actually lead us to a very, very healthy place. The other side of worry, the other side of the coin, it's trust. This past week, our four-year-old daughter, Ashlyn, she um, had this Tupperware container full of, of Christina's homemade sugar cookies. And the best, I mean, it's a global best. I mean, they're amazing. And that she's holding them, and I'm walking down the hall away from her, and she had her hand right on the corner of the, the, the container, and she said, Dad, and so I turned around, and I said, yes, and she said, she said, can I have a cookie right now? And I said, no, no, no you can't right now. And so then I, I walked around the corner, and I thought, it might be a good time to take a few steps back around the corner, right? And so I, I turned around, and I, I looked at her, and she still had her hand right on the edge, and they're good, so I can understand her dilemma. And so she has her hand right on the edge of the, the, the Tupperware container. And I said, I looked at Ashlyn, I said, hey, Ashlyn, I trust you. And then I walked around the corner and she kind of frowned and was like, you got to lay the trust card, you know, right? <laughs> but here's what it means to trust God. It means this. It means you're able to walk away. 
You're able to take the worry that we all have and you're able to walk away. You're able to give it to him. And the main point of this morning, if you're taking notes, jot this down. Here it is. Moments of worry lead to opportunities to trust. Moments of worry lead to opportunities to trust. In the scriptures, just like in life, we see there's a lot said about trust, about anxiety. Proverbs 3, chapter 5, or yeah, Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your, what is it? Your heart. Yeah, it's a, it's a heart issue. It's a, it's a matter of the heart. It's core. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, what's happening is Jesus is giving instruction to people that he dearly loves. And he's saying, hey, this is how I want you to deal with worry. So if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. We'll also put the, the verses up on the screens. Now, in this passage, know that this is a, these are very famous verses. These are a part of the, the Sermon on the Mount, some of the most quoted, some of the most famous words that Jesus would speak. The thing I love about this text, and it's just hit me over and over again this week. The thing I love about this text, it is it's so relevant to our lives. Verse 25, Jesus speaking, and he says, therefore, I tell you. Now, what's important to know here before we even go too far is that the previous set of verses are very important to understand the context of what we're about to read. If I was in a conversation with you and at some point in the conversation you said, hey, therefore, like I said, like I said before, it would be very important for me to know what you said before. It's, it really sets the context for this whole passage on worry. So, so if you've got a Bible, look up a little bit at verse 21. These are some of the, the headlines of what he said. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, Jesus speaking, there your heart will be also. Meaning what you hold in highest regard, what you love, what you love, that's your treasure. And then he went on in verse 24, he said, kind of setting the stage again for this whole topic of worry. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and he will despise the other. Meaning, hey, there can only be one thing at the very top. There can only be one thing at the top. Now, this is how this setup really relates to our text. Think for a second about what you worry about. Ask yourself this question. Could it be that the thing or the person or the issue in some way, could it be that in some way that's become your treasure? That maybe, maybe even out of good intentions, maybe even just out of care, you've put something in your life that's causing you anxiety. You've put it at a level that it really isn't at a level to hold that. It's not, a, it's not able to carry that amount of, of weight. It wasn't designed to do that. Let me illustrate it this way. Have you, have you ever been out driving in the country and you, you come up, you're on a gravel road maybe, and you come up on one of those bridges that doesn't look real great, and then it has a sign on it that says weight limit, you know, maybe something like that. Weight limit, 10 tons. And you're looking at the bridge and you're going, it looks like about 10 pounds, you know, it doesn't look good. Now, now imagine for a second you decide to go over that bridge, but you're in a vehicle that weighs, let's say, 30 tons. You can plan on getting wet, right? Here's the thing. That bridge, it wasn't made to handle that weight. Ask yourself this question. Is there anything in your life that you put so much on it, but it really wasn't designed to hold that? It's almost as if, as if every person, every situation, every issue should have a weight limit sign. You can only put so much weight on this child. You can put only so much stock in this marriage. You can only put so much weight, so much anxiety on this job. Your life, you might say, revolves around your kids. 
Know this. Your kids were never meant to fulfill you. Never. Your marriage, get this, it doesn't complete you, no matter what Tom Cruise said in that cheesy movie, right? He, marriage, it's not meant to complete you. Jesus is giving this warning. He's saying, don't put too much weight on things that were never created, that were never made to carry that weight. We're going to see in this passage that, that we can take these times of worry, though, that they can actually lead us to a good place, to a place of trust. Let's look at the rest of verse 25. Jesus speaking, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Now, what he's saying is this. He's saying, hey, the point is this. They focus on today. They care about, they're active on what they can do today. They're not lazy. The birds of the air, they're not lazy. But here's what they're doing. They're focusing on the needs of the day. And then look what he says. This is powerful. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your, and I would underline these two words, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Think about that for a second. Right in the text, there's these powerful two words. Your heavenly Father. Parents, let me ask you a question. Do you long to provide for your children? The answer, yeah, you would say to that. Everyone, don't miss this language here. You have a heavenly Father. Meaning this, you have a parent that is far better than the parenting that I could possibly do or that any of us could possibly do. You have a heavenly Father and His level of care His level of concern far exceeds what you and I could come up with. And so Jesus asks a very, he asks a rhetorical question. He says, aren't you more important than the birds? Let's keep going. Verse 27. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Saying this, it's absolutely no good to worry. It it doesn't do you any good. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been worried about something? I mean, like, you know, like you're really troubled about it. And finally you get to this point where you're like, yes, all of my worry finally paid off. Right? You ever done that? Where you're just like, I'm so glad I lost sleep. I am so glad because it finally paid off. No, you never would do that, right? It's a waste of energy. Think for, think for a second about all the things that are ultimately out of your control. Let me list a few. Don't mean to stress you out, but here we go. Number one, your health. Think about this. At any given point, you could get the bad report. At any given point. Now, we can do things to be healthy, and that's that's wise. But ultimately, it's out of our control. Think about your family for a second. You could be the best parent in the world. But at the end of the day, your kids choose how they live. I heard a pastor say once, uh, raising kids isn't like baking cookies. It's not like you put in the chocolate chips, you get the ingredients just right, you put it in the oven, out comes, if you do everything right, out comes a great cookie. He said, no, that's not the case because the chocolate chips in parenting have a will. And if they don't want to go in the oven, they don't have to, right? Saying this, hey, ultimately, it's, it's out of your control. Now, we can, and this passage is going to talk about that as we work through it, get to verse uh, 33. We're going to find that there are things that we can do as parents. There are things that we should do as people, as coworkers, as family members. But ultimately, parenting, it's a trust issue. Now think about your finances for a second. I don't have to talk much about this because we live in this reality. 
We can't, we can't control that. Now, we can save, we can pay off debt, we can work hard, we can seek a promotion. We can do all sorts of very wise things. That's good. But at the end of the day, it's a matter of trust. Here's the bottom line. Fretting about the future doesn't change it. Fretting about the future doesn't change it. Look at verse 28. He says, and why do you worry about, the, uh, why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Meaning this, I'm in charge of creation. I'm the one that's making the lilies beautiful. I'm the one that's doing that. I don't know if you ever have these moments, but sometimes I have what I call sunset moments. Those moments in my daughter, she loves just looking at the sunset and she's always pointing it out. And, but there are times when I'll just look at a sunset or something like that in God's creation. I'll just go, wow, that's just amazing. And what happens in those moments is this. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like this, this reminder. Okay, God, you can do that in a day. That's a, you can do that in a matter of hours, a matter of seconds. That's amazing. Okay, perspective changer. I think my issue, I think you could handle it. Even just think about yesterday. Think about the snow. The snow is beautiful. I mean, you watch it. I was, you know, outside. I'm like, wow, this is just beautiful. Except for the snow that fell on my driveway. You know, that wasn't beautiful at all, but... But, but think for a second about just all these moments where you just go, whoa, creation, wow. And what it should do is this. It causes us to have that moment where we go, you know what? God, you're not lacking in ability. God's shoulders are big enough. You know, you might come here today and you might say, if you only knew what I deal with, if you only knew the struggle, I hope you're encouraged this morning. God's shoulders are big enough. He cares for you. Look at verse 29. Let's keep going. It says, Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these, was dressed like one of these flowers of the field. And Jesus is saying, really, in a nice way, I can put together a better wardrobe than any of you. Let me ask you a question. Students, maybe particularly. Do you ever feel inadequate? Do you ever feel like you're not good looking enough? Like you're not smart enough? You can be reassured this morning. God made you just the way he wanted you to be. You are more important, it says, than the most beautiful of flowers or of anything, for that matter, in all of creation. That's your heavenly father. Let's look at verse 30. And I I hope as we're working through this text that you kind of go, okay, my worry, this thing that I've got, God's got it. He's, He's big enough. He can handle it. God's in control. My moments of worry, okay, they can lead me to a better place. They can lead me to a place of trust. Look at verse 30. If that is how, the, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or, or what shall we wear? Think about this. Jesus said in that passage, he said, O you... Oh, you who worry, oh, you of little faith. Think about this. If you've trusted Jesus Christ with your life, if you would say this morning, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, think about what you've trusted him with. You've trusted Jesus with the ability, get this, this is no small deal, with the ability to forgive your sin, all of it, past, present, and future. You've trusted him to do that. If you're a follower of Christ, you would say this, not only that, but If Jesus, what he said is true, if you believe that, then what you're saying is, Jesus, I trust 
that you've also prepared a place for me. I mean, that's no small thing to trust. You're saying, I trust Jesus with all of eternity. And so it makes sense that Jesus would say, hey, if you trust me in that way, if you trust me with all of eternity, why don't you trust me with this brief life? Why don't you trust me with the things that you have? Verse 32. For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. It says that he knows. He says that the pagans, meaning people that don't know God, he said it makes sense that they would run after all of these things, but, and then it's kind of like, whoa, okay, we're going to get another reminder here. It says, but your heavenly, again, don't miss this. We gloss over this, I think. Your heavenly father, you have a father, you have a perfect parent. Your heavenly father knows he's not absent. He knows. He knows what you worry about. He, he, he really knows. Let's keep going. Look at verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Now, it's like Jesus is saying, okay, I'm going to talk to you about worry, 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 worry. I'm going to give you a couple of illustrations. And then he says, but. But seek first the kingdom of God. It's like he's saying, whoa, now it's action time. Now it's, now it's kind of a, this is a part where you can be involved. It's not as though in this passage we get this idea, hey, you have a heavenly father that cares for you and he loves you. And so guess what? Every day you can just go, life is good. No, he's not saying that. He's not saying, hey, welcome to the dog days of summer every day. He's not saying, hey, be the lazy cat. No, he's not saying that at all. He's saying, no, no, seek first. Take the moments that God has given you and do everything you can to do what he's saying. Seek first the kingdom of God. Take moments of worry. Do what? Turn them into moments of trust. So instead of just worrying about that, what do I do? I trust God. And what do I do? I move forward in that area. And I say, okay, how can I seek the kingdom of God in this area? How do I seek the kingdom of God in my marriage? How do I seek the kingdom of God as a single? How do I maximize? How do I seek the kingdom of God as a student? How do I seek the kingdom of God in my youth? He's saying, bring your life to me. I'll care for you. I want you to seek me. Seek first the kingdom of God. Clean the inside of the cup. This is a heart matter. The outside, it'll be taken care of. Look at verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. It's kind of a funny statement. Tomorrow, it's got its own worries. Then he says, every day has enough trouble of its own. Have you ever heard someone say, and, and, and I've known even some of you even in this audience today, that you've gone through such a hard time, and maybe you're even still in the midst of it, that you just, you just got this nagging issue. And you just say, you know what we're doing? We're just taking it one day at a time. That's a godly way to live. And we're just seeking God one step in front of the next. And what you're saying is this, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God. I don't know. There's no reason in me to worry about things I can't control. What am I going to do? One day at a time, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God. Let me give you two very practical things that you can do, I think, that we can engage and apply this text. And we can turn up in our minds and in our lives this whole ability to be able to go from worry to trust. How do we do that? Two quick things. Here they are. The first one, amp up your communication with God. If you're taking notes. Amp up your communication with God. Let me read this verse to you. This is Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, do not be anxious. Don't be worried about anything. 
That's a big statement. It says, but in everything, like in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So by prayer, and I love how it says by prayer and petition. It's like, hey, by praying and then by petitioning. In essence, by talking to God and then by talking to God more. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring everything before him with thanksgiving. So it's not just, hey, Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me. It's, it's going, hey, Lord, help me, but thank you for what you've done already. Lord, thank you that you've given me a job. Now, Lord, would you help me with it? Lord, thank you that I'm alive and well and I can, I can go find a job. But, Lord, now would you provide? Lord, with my kids, well, whatever, whatever it is. And then the second thing is this. How do we go from worry to trust? I think a big part of this is this. This is a perspective changer. I think we need to remember who our Heavenly Father is. Remember who your Heavenly Father is. Just let me read these verses over to you and over you. And, and maybe this is why you're in church today. First Peter 5, verse 6. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. Now, now get that picture in your mind. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up in due time. Meaning you might be in this for a while in his time that he might lift you up. Verse 7, cast off. All your anxieties on him. Why? This is huge. He cares for you. Your heavenly father, he cares for you. He's not absent. He knows what you're going through. He cares for you. Now, you know this as well as I do. This is a continual process. You cast your anxieties on the Lord. You just don't do this once and it's like, yeah, back in 2002, I cast my anxiety on the Lord. No, it's not that way. It's, it's daily. It's a process. It's like saying, okay, Lord, today I give you the worry. I take the trust. I seek the kingdom of God. Next, let me just read this verse over you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus speaking, this, the love here, you'll sense it. Here it is, eleven twenty-eight. Come to me, Jesus writes. He says, all of you who are weary and burdened, and here it is, and I will give you rest. Maybe that's what you need to hear this morning. God gives you rest. God gives you peace. So I love this Psalm 116, verse 1. It says, I love the Lord for he heard my voice and he heard my cry for mercy, meaning the Lord is not absent. No, he hears you. He knows your cry. He hears your voice. He hears your cry for mercy. Psalm 121 verse 5, the Lord watches over you. Isn't that cool? The Lord watches over you. And then this next part is amazing. The Lord, get this, is your shade at your right hand. He's your shade. I want to close with this. Um, do you remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's facing the cross? I mean, he's about to go to the cross and he's in agony. And he has this conversation with the father and, and, and he says this to him. He says, my father, if it is possible, as he's wrestling through the impending cross, my father, if it is possible, may this cup, may this act of the cross be taken from me. And then he says, yet not as I will, but as you will. In that moment, ask yourself, what is Jesus doing? Here's what he's doing. He's trusting the Father. And because of that act of trust, because of that, he went to the cross so that you and I could ultimately do what? So that we could trust him. And not just with one worry, but so that we could trust him with all of our lives. Know this, trusting God with issues in our lives, it starts with trusting God with our lives. 
The first step in trusting Christ and trusting God with our lives, with the kind of the small stuff, the first step in doing that is to say, Lord, I give you all of me. And then it makes sense for the Christ follower to go, I've, okay, I've given my life to Christ. Oh, it just makes sense now that I'd say, yeah, he can take that. Yeah, he can take that. It's so important to know the foundational step is this. The foundational step of casting these anxieties on the Lord is to trust him with life. So you take the moments and you say, in order to trust you with the moments, I got to trust you with the whole thing, with my life. This week I was having lunch on on Wednesday and Thursday with two different guys. And on Wednesday I was having lunch with this guy who's a a, a young, um, young dad. And, um, and he's, he just wants to get being a dad right. He's his first kid, and, and he wants to be a leader in his family. And, and so we're talking about faith, and, and he understood the gospel. We talked about what that looks like. And, and then right there in the restaurant, he said, God, what now? I said, well, I think you pray to receive Christ. If you understand the gospel, he, where does it begin? It begins with, with the foundation of, of knowing Christ. Have you accepted Christ? So right there in the restaurant, he He prays to receive Christ. Here's what he did. God had been drawing his heart to to himself. And in that moment, he said, okay, I trust you, Lord. I trust you not with just a couple things, but no, I trust you with my life. And so now it makes sense to trust you with my kid, with my wife and everything else. The next day on Thursday, I was having lunch with a guy, young guy as well, and in his 30s. And he he said, you know, I've had success in my life in pretty much every area. I'm financially successful, I'm relationally successful, all these areas. He said, but spiritually, spiritually, I just, I, I'm not successful, if you will. I, I, I'm lacking. I have a void and I want to pursue that. And over the course of this lunch, three times he asked me, he said, well, where do I start? Well, where does it all begin? And finally, at the end of the lunch, I said, it begins with you calling out to the Lord and saying, hey, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a savior. And so right there, right in the restaurant, he prays to receive Christ. Here's why I mentioned that this morning. In order for us to trust Christ with the small things of life, we've got to be able to say, Lord, I give you my life. And so I ask you this morning, have you trusted Jesus Christ with your whole life? Because when you trust him with your eternity, when you trust him to forgive your sins, it makes sense for you to trust him in the small areas that don't seem small. I'm going to close this morning and um, I really hope and my prayer this week has been that some of you that carry a lot of anxiety, some of you that have a worry, you have something that comes to mind. I think we all do. My prayer this morning is that you would have a moment right here as we close of, God, I give you that. And God, I take a moment of worry and I take it to an opportunity to trust because you are who you say you are. I believe that you care for me. You're my heavenly father. And so let's do this. Let's stand together and, um, and I'll pray for us to close our service. Heavenly Father, we come to you. And um, Lord, I just, I'm so grateful for those two words that we can say. Heavenly Father. We have a Father in heaven that loves us, that he cares for us, that he says to us, I want to give you rest. I want to give you peace. We all have anxiety, Lord, and so we we all have things that we worry about. And so, Lord, in this moment, Lord, would you do something in this place? Lord, would would you bring to mind what that is? And, Lord, would you help us to take a step in applying your word and saying, okay, this moment of worry, this situation, maybe it's a relationship, whatever it is, would you give that to the Lord? And would you say, okay, right now I I begin the process. I'm going to trust God. 
I'm going to seek the kingdom of, I'll do everything I can today, but I give this to you, Lord. And then maybe you're here today and you would say, you know what, I'm, I'm not ready to give God the small things because I haven't given him my life. I want you to know today, you can call out to your heavenly father. He loves you. He died for you. And so would you call out to him and would you say, I'm a sinner. Lord, I need you. I need your grace. Lord, I accept your forgiveness. And you can say that in your own heart, in your own mind, however you say that. He knows. And would that be true of you, that today you would say, Lord, would you forgive me? I receive what you did on the cross for me by faith. I believe that I'm saved because of Jesus Christ. And you know, if you have a conversation like that with the Lord, I want you to know that heaven rejoices right now. Heaven rejoices over you. And so, Lord, that's what we want to be about, life change. And so, Lord, this week we cast our worries on you and we say, Lord, we want to trust you. And we want to walk forward and we want to seek first the kingdom of God. We pray in Christ's name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Hey, everybody, have a great week and I look forward to seeing you next Sunday.